good realtor will spend three hours a day calling? This is not your typical boring real estate show. This is real estate marketing redefined, uncensored, and unedited in what's working today in the market minus the fluff. This is real estate marketing dude, because just having a license isn't enough. Now please welcome your host, the unprofessional professional, Mike Cuevas. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. And we are here with a really good show. I've actually, before we get on these shows, just so you guys know, I don't ever practice like what the hell we're going to say. I don't interview the guests ahead of time or anything like that. But this dude just told me before we got on that his team is going to sell a billion dollars of real estate. Yes, folks, with a B. And I just said, all right, let's go ahead and record. <laughs> so I want to go ahead and introduce our guest. I'm going to eat. This guy's got probably a track record of freaking accomplishments, but let's just say that he's the top team in Oregon and he just has a lot of, lot of success. So Jim, I'm going to let you introduce yourself to our audience. Uh, Jim Henley, ladies and gentlemen, please tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, where you come from, and let's talk about this billion dollar thing. Um, All right, let's do it. So my name is Jim Remley with an R. <laughs> Remley. When I write, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, almost I, there. I, I wrote Henley. Isn't that the Cubs owner? Oh uh, yeah, I think it's like a, it's a whiskey too, maybe. <laughs> we'll take that. <laughs> so uh, I'm uh, been in business 30 years. I tell you, just don't let that scare you. I'm still active, working hard in the trenches. Opened my first company at 24, grew that to 17 offices. Sold it in 2006. Got recruited to come down, run a company down in Southern Oregon. Uh, we've grown that to 160 agents, on track to do a billion dollars in sales this year. So uh, a lot of great people working here. We're just, uh, you know, out there grinding it every day, like all the top people in the country. Also created a, a coaching program to coach my own agents, but uh, got a lot of demand outside. So people asked me to put it out. So it's on eRealEstateCoach.com and uh, put mastery classes on just about every topic. We've got a weekly uh, coaching program called The Path. Love it. Yeah. So obviously, let's talk about the obvious question. Um, yeah. How... What's the, been the key to success? Obviously, you have a system that probably worked very well with you, and now right. you just duplicated the same systems to all your agents. I'm curious right. to know, what does it focus around? So focus is always sphere of influence. I, I train agents with the, with the concept. When, when a brand new agent walks through our door, or even a team leader, I just got off the phone right before your call with a team leader in Michigan doing $30 million in business, and we we're coaching him on you know, where's that business coming from? And uh, like a lot of teams, we've become Hello and Realtor.com dependent on leads mm-hmm. and dangerous position because I just saw a recent study that showed that there's a negative 32% ROI on buying leads now. So that means you're actually you're actually paying these guys to do business with them because it because it's getting to be so expensive and leads are crappy. Um, yep. So the solution is. Uh, what I, when I talk to agents and I talk to teams is you got to move towards your SOI. You got to move towards your sphere of influence. Your database is your greatest asset. And it's, you know, it's really when you go to sell a team, if you're ever going to sell your team or you have a succession plan, your team's only value based on three things. One is the net income, the amount of income stream we're pushing through. Two is your database. And three is the systems that you're working within your database. If you have a team that's based on buying leads, you've got nothing to sell. Yeah. Nothing to sell. There. You're just another salesperson chasing leads. You're um, actually an, you're an employee of Zillow. <laughs> totally. No, it makes a lot of sense because I have friends in the industry are spending a lot of money on that. 
I see yeah. I spend as much as 70K a month, you know, in some cases, in some other cases higher I've heard of. But I think a lot of team leaders going down that that trap because once you start feeding like feeling like you have to feed everyone else on it, that's really the only reason you're doing it. We had someone on the show that was actually uh he focused on teams and he's like, he's like, Mike, it's crazy to see when you actually back into the numbers with some of these teams that are doing very high volumes, like mm-hmm the risk isn't quite there for the reward in my opinion, because I mean, they're just, it could just take the split second. They're eating up. I just, I I met with a gal. She she was the number one buyer of leads for for the state of Washington. I don't have her name off the top of my head, what she did, but uh, she was spending 20, 30,000 a month on leads in Washington state. And uh, she finally just said, no more. I'm going to take that same amount of money and I'm going to invest it in geographic farming, old school geographic farming mailings. Can you imagine how many pieces of mail you can send for twenty or thirty thousand dollars a month? Yep. And her ROI went through the roof. I mean, she she's a much higher ROI. But the key thing is, she then converts those people to her sphere of influence, and now she's blowing it up. You just uh, hit it on the head. So, folks, I don't mind buying the initial lead at a higher cost because of the lifetime value of a client. But the problem is that nobody knows what the fucking lifetime value of the client is. And they don't think playing the long term. But when you start loving on your database, guys, they, they will send you business. I mean, these are the, we say these stats once a, once a show. 10 to 15% of the people that are on your email list, that see you on Facebook, that are, you're connected with on LinkedIn, they're fucking moving this year. The pro, And most of them don't even know it. But 100% of those same people also know about three to five people who are moving this year. Then they could insert your name to any day in a given conversation, but you have to remain top of mind. So you want some stats behind that? Yeah, I was just going just going there. Yep. So I just did this, I just did this class and uh, Columbia University did this study and it showed that every person in America knows 290 people. That's the average stat, right? We all know 290. So your cold green as grass agent walking in your front door and knows 298, 290 people. That is Harvard University did a study, the Joint Center for Housing Studies did another study, and they showed that 10% of the population, it's actually 11%, but let's just say it's 10. 10% of the population will be moving every year, right? So you take those two numbers, you know 290, everybody does. 10% of those people are going to be moving in the next 12 months. 10%, that's 29 people that are going to be moving that every single agent knows. 29 transactions possible, cut it in half, and you're probably going to double most agents' productions instantaneously. They got to be tapping the resource. Like you said, Inman News did a study on lifetime value of a client and they showed, uh, and this was a couple of years back, back then it was $88,000 across the country, lifetime value of a client. So every time you add somebody to your database and you work it, that's 88 grand. But if you're on the West Coast where I live, you know, that number is much higher. It's probably yeah. 50 grand. But we, uh, the reverse is true as well. You blow a lead and you don't add them to your database. You just cost yourself 150 grand over the lifetime of your career. 100%. I love that. We just were talking about this in the mastermind, lifetime value of a customer. And uh, he had like a calculator. And uh, yeah, those numbers are right on. It's exactly what they were talking about. One of the agents there is from San Francisco. And her average ticket is like 1.9 million. So like her, her average like client was like a million dollars, right? Right. Well, let's get into it. How are you staying at top of mind? And this is what I tell people. I'd love to know like what your guys are doing and what you're coaching on some people. What we're doing is we're, with videos, we just nurture our database with video content. It's the most impression, it's the largest impact or oppression that you can freaking make. But what I've seen is that it's always how I marketed my own business when I was still in production. But now that we're doing it for like agents around the country and stuff, the same thing happens every single time. It's the same thing that happened to everyone we've done it with. And that you make them unforgettable. 
Right. And then they start attracting business folks because 72% of people close with the first agent they meet with. Right. Right. And I just want to be the first agent they meet with. That's it. I'm not looking for lead. I'm looking for impact. Mm -hmm. I'm not chasing transactions. I'm chasing relationships. Right. It's not a share of the market. It's a share of the customer. I always tell agents this, everybody's chasing market share, but you don't have to chase market share. You just got to chase relationships with customers and your market share will grow as a byproduct. It's all in the relationship. And we're moving as a society and, and teams are doing this, but also large agent producers are moving to transactional real estate. So they, they, you hear it all the time. You go to conventions, they always say, how many transactions did you close? And it's all transaction, transaction. But they're forgetting it's the relationship behind the transaction. Because every single one of those people can lead you to five, 10 more transactions throughout the year. It's yep. what you do after. So I always talk about the three C's. It's capture number one. Most agents need to learn how to capture people. So capture is one thing. So that's where you're capturing name, address, email. And you're doing that by giving them something of value. And then the hardest part is cultivation. That's the second C. And then the third C is closing. But most agents are pretty decent at closing. They're okay. Mm-hmm. They're okay at capture. They're not great, but they're okay. But they all suck at cultivation. Yeah. It's the biggest downfall. And the, and the reason we know that is because Zillow has built their business and Realtor.com has built their business on the midsection cultivation and how they're doing it is. A great example of this is Zillow has concierge. You spend $1,000 or more a month with, with Zillow, they put you in the concierge program, which makes you have a follow-up system. OpCity, which was just acquired by Realtor.com for $250 million, is the same thing. It's a way to incubate leads. But we've got to take control of that back, and we've got to be lead incubators. And so how do you do that, right? What's, what's the process? What's the magic? You know, We all know it's 9 to 12 contacts a year minimum, probably more. I love your idea of video. I think that's great. I think every agent should be shooting one video a week at least. And it should be a mix of information that's really relevant and timely for me or evergreen videos, which you can use again and again and again. But the one thing that uh, I think people pay for and they pay attention to is interpretation of information because we got a lot of information on the market, right? There's tons and get it everywhere. But it's what you interpret it as, as the expert. It's why we go... You know, we all go to WebMD sometimes in our life. We go to WebMD and we misdiagnose ourselves as dying of something. You know, no matter what you type in, you're going to die. <laughs> you're dying, right? <laughs> well, we don't actually trust it. What we actually do is we go to a doctor who interprets our data correctly. And that's what we do as agents is we interpret data. And people, when they respect you as the interpreter, as the advisor, as the trusted expert, that's where you start to get a lot of the referrals. Uh, and that's where we build our businesses on positioning yourself in that trusted expert zone. Totally. Yep. Yeah. It's funny you say, I just got off a call with somebody before we got on this. She's been doing real estate from 1979. So she's been there for a while, right? 40 years. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I'm like, I had to explain what video was to her. I go, look, instead of farming a bunch of strangers with direct mail, we're going to farm a bunch of relationships with video and become unforgettable. And she goes, oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. And you're right, because what's the stats? Like 80% of buyers forget the agent's name after six months. Yes. And here's, here's the other stat. I wish I had the slide on my phone here from this week. It was 93% or 92% don't reuse the same agent that they bought or, or sold with. And the number one reason was, is because they can't find their contact information. <laughs> right. Seriously, you can't make this stuff up. Right. And then we get mad when they we log on to Facebook and we see them holding keys to their new house with their new right. agent. 
You know what I mean? It's, it's not their job to think about you every day. You guys, you're not that important. No, it's your job to remind them. Right. hundred percent. So um, things yeah. that we train to is, uh, is using, is using social media as a CRM. And so when you're talking about how do you, how do you create the, cultivate these relationships over time? First of all, every person that's in your database needs to be a friend of yours on social media, not your business page, but your personal page. We'll always get caught up in that. And the reason is because nobody looks at your business page organically, but yep. they will your personal page organically because it's going to come up in their newsfeed. Mm-hmm. As you're drinking your coffee every morning, it's the most powerful CRM you have. I don't care if you got top producer, you know, whatever system you've got, referral maker, whatever. That system is not necessarily in front of you all the time. Social media is. So when you see life change of one of your clients because you friended them, that's an opportunity to make a direct com- a conversation. You could even shoot a video and say, hey, I saw you. You know, yeah, you got grandkids going off to college. Congratulations. Woo, empty house. It's going to be great times. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, but those are the kinds of things I agree. That you have to be looking for reasons to make contact that's relevant and timely and not about you, but about them. Yep, totally. I like how you said that. I'm going to actually steal that from you. Facebook's a CRM. Well, here's, let's, this is the common mistake that most people make. Again, it's the same reason. You guys were going to get your clients and your database will cheat on you. And I'll, I'll explain this this way. So it's a direct mail story. When I got married, I got married in Cabo. We invited 252 people to the wedding. Okay, but wow. only, 50, only 52 showed up. Uh-huh. I just wanted the direct mail list. So my wife's side of the family, we're Mexican. We drink margaritas and we eat tacos every fucking Sunday. But my wife's side of the family knows me as Mike, Allie's husband. They didn't know that I was, they know I was in real estate, but I didn't brand myself as I was in real estate. So right. I and instantly, I put them all on my direct mail list. So they started getting my postcard campaign. And, and I put them on my video email list. They started seeing my content and they started seeing my videos on social and whatnot. And literally, I just activated them. And because they saw me in other light, right? And yeah. it does take people two to, or what Dan Kenny famously said, what, six to seven times before they remember what the hell you do. <laughs> when you do it consistently and within a year, I, I generated, I think it was like $32,000 referral business or direct business directly just from that, that list. I so, paid your bar bill. I paid the bar bill. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> I just wanted to make my money back. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I share that because the people that can become our biggest assets are always yeah. our biggest disappointments, but right. never at fault of them by fault of us. I love that. That's right. I love it. So, we train our agents to do is to have everybody become a part of your success story. How do you do that? So we say, you know, you're going to have a bunch of uh, people that are in your database that you trust that, that you that have done more than you have done in life that are could be real influencers in your business. And so what we say to our agents is use as a resource and how you do it is you go to them and you say, hey, listen, I really trust you. You've done so much in your life. I got a question for you. I just listed this new property. I want you to read the ad copy. I wrote two different ads. You tell me which one you like better. Tell me what I should change. I just created a flyer. I just launched a website. Check out the website, dig it, dig into it, tear it apart. Tell me everything that's wrong because I trust your opinion. As soon as they open their mouth and they give you any suggestion, they've just owned a part of your success. And as you become successful, you go back and say, thank you. I want to thank the people that have been a big part of my success. And that's always the top advocates, the influencers, the people that send you the referrals. And that's why you get everybody engaged in, oh yeah, we're going to help this guy now uh, be successful. Uh, and it's been very successful uh, for our agents that use that technique. We also try to be connectors. Uh, so if we know somebody in our database that should know someone else, we're marrying those people. We're putting those two people together. So we'll make the call and we'll say, hey, you know what? There's somebody in the data- my database that I know that I think would be great for you to, for you to know. Let's set up a coffee meeting. I'm going to introduce you guys because I think you guys could really help each other in business. 
If you do that, you elevate yourself to this whole different level and you're helping them. It's not about you. I 100% agree. Folks, we have to be a resource, not a leech. And in fact, you shouldn't ever have to ask for a resource. Like I, I don't like when I see a realtor go onto Facebook and ask for a moving company referral. Cause I'm really like, how the hell do you not have that already? You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. you can't, you guys got to like, think about that. Like you have to have the flower guy, you have to have the right dentist and all of that. And right. I don't know what conferences that all the agents go to. Cause they start coming in They said, my goal is to give you five referrals this week, blah, blah, blah. Cause they copy and paste it on their walls and whatnot, but it still works. It works. Cause it's reciprocation. Yeah, exactly. You're leading with the need of the client, not yourself. It's the power of reciprocity. When you give first, you often get yep. what you're giving. And if you're giving is truly valuable and done from the heart, what you're, what you're doing with your clients. Um, and sometimes agents struggle with, I feel like I'm being a pest or an annoying. Totally. The reason why you feel that way is because you don't like what you're sending them. Yeah, you're doing annoying shit. Yeah, you don't like what you're saying, and you would be annoyed if you received that mailing, that piece, that call, that video, whatever. So as soon as you say that, you got to stay, okay, that's the wrong thing to do. I need to have a yesable idea, something I would appreciate if I received it. And that's the way you got to look at all your content, everything you're putting out. Would I like that? Would I say yes to that? Would I appreciate that? As soon as you get there, your comfort level goes way higher. Your confidence level goes way higher. It's the number one reason why I don't believe in drip campaigns for database because you cannot outsource authenticity. And when you guys are like putting these uh, uh, turn back the clock emails, like half of your list is probably unsubscribing. Like, and just think about it. Like how many of you guys actually open up your financial planners emails? Like yeah. that's the shit you're sending out. What does it really say about your brand? Right. You know, it just says it's broke. Exactly. It's you like they're in their rates and all that crap. No one cares. Out of hand, out of hand, out of hand. But the problem with it is you get you get in a habit of deleting that person. Even if every third email is fantastic, they're not seeing it because they're getting That's crap. That's true. <laughs> you know, so you, you have to deliver amazing value almost every time. Otherwise, you get tired of hearing from you. Our whole philosophy is personal relationships. It's on the phone. It's in person. I'll give you a good example. We got an agent that joined me a couple uh, months ago. His name's Steve Thomas. Steve did $17 million his second year in the business. I'm sure he's one of the number one guys in the country. Damn. That's good. I interviewed Steve. I said, Steve, you got to tell my audience, what, what, what do you do? He says, what I do is I make 60 calls a week to my database. And the goal of that is to have five meetings a week, one, one meeting every single day. That's in-person networking with someone. And from that, I don't ask for anything. I'm just making a connection. But I do mention that I'm in real estate. I'm here to help. If you have anything I can help you with, I'm here to answer any questions. That created $17 million in business just from doing that simple thing. 60 calls backed up by five meetings a week. That's it. So simple. Why do we spend 90% of the conversation, like in any of the Facebook groups, you go to the biggest Facebook yeah. groups, whether it's lab coats, real closers, and 90% of the conversation is spent on like Facebook ads for like some, or like online lead generation or auto responders. Right. And I'm like, guys, hello, hello. You know, we're, we spend all this time, 80% of the business comes from people we know personally like, or we, or we meet. Yeah. It's crazy. Sure. What other another route? technique? One yeah, of my agents is using right now. McNown is a fantastic agent over in the Bend, Oregon market. And uh, she has created an amazing business. But what she does is she has these uh, mixers that she does, which I think is a fantastic idea. So her concept is this. I'm going to invite 30, 40 people that I really like that are part of my database. That I just enjoy being around. I'm to a different place every month. So it could be a bar. It could be a winery. It could be you know, a new restaurant, something. 
So she invites them and she calls the group. She has a closed Facebook group for the group, right? Yep. Or these mix. She calls it blend. And then what she'll do, and here's the magic of it. The magic is she says, before you coming, you have to bring someone else, a plus one. You got to bring a guest. And when they bring the guest, the guest is automatically in their socioeconomic group because we always cluster with people that we know, like, and trust, right? So they'll bring somebody in automatically now, instead of having 30 or 40 people there, now she's got 50, 60, 70, 80 people and half the people she's going to get introduced to that night now gets added to her database. You think about the exponential power of that. Every single month of doing that, you're adding 30, 40 people to your database. It's massive. Well, most people say, I don't have a database. But folks, your right. best friend is your database. <laughs> it's not your past clients. Right. When I came, here's how I ended up in SOI. Because I was sitting, I, was, I got in real estate 22 years old. And uh, when I first got in, I was like, holy shit, this is tough. Like, it's hard to sell a $400,000 condo downtown Chicago when you're 22 years old. <laughs> I was a little <laughs> punk. I was a little punk. <laughs> So my, I'm sitting there um, having a beer because that's what 22-year-olds do and uh, with my best friend. And he's like, oh, dude, I just referred this really hot realtor, a $400,000 listing. And I said, what do you mean, dude? Hey, I'm in real estate. Remember, I, I talked. He goes, holy shit, I forgot you're in real estate. I'm sorry. That yeah. night I went home and, and like cried, but it was I still remember that story to this day for that reason. And that's when I started fighting for attention. So I was like, if he doesn't know what the hell I do for a living, the guy I see every other day, he knows how hard I'm working. He's like my best right. friend then how the hell is anyone else going to remember what the hell I do, right? Mm -hmm. But it's just so simple when you think about it. It's a giant popularity contest. One of the things that we train our agents to do, which is, it goes to exactly your point there, because your, your friends and your family see you as this person, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, they don't see you as a realtor yet. It takes a while. And then even when they see you as a realtor, they still don't trust you enough to give you a referral. So there's like a referral yep. resistance, right, for the first little while. And how do you overcome referral resistance? And the way you do it is to prove success. So what I say to all of our agents is, you, every time you take a listing, you make it a big deal. Every time you have a sale, you make it a big deal um, so that people see that. But you also do a mailing every quarter, at least a physical mailing. And here's what we train our agents to do. On that piece of mail, which is just going to be a giant postcard, it's going to be sold, 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 pended, listed, 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 sold, whatever you did. And it's going to be all the properties that you did with the picture, maybe the families. And then when your sphere of influence gets it, you're not doing a just listed, just sold campaign. It's to your sphere. They're going to be like, oh, crap. They're actually selling some real estate. Now I feel comfortable giving them a referral. But you got to unleash that. You got to unlock that key. It takes a bit to do it, but you can do it. Yeah, you're, you're right. Remember, you guys, every person that you come into contact with on a daily basis has the ability to put money in your pocket. The question is just, are they? And he's exactly right. Yeah, one of the things that people have a hard time with, and I this analogy is, uh, they have a hard time asking for generosity, right? So we have a hard time asking for the referral. People get all hung up on asking for the referral. So my story is this: Imagine you're driving down the street and and you see this you see this story unfold in front of you. Uh, a woman is driving with her with her young son. They're poor, obviously they're driving a beat up car. She looks over, she sees uh, somebody carrying down a bunch of toys to throw away in the garbage. Some woman's cleaning out her garage. Takes all of her willpower to pull over and kind of suck up her ego and throw it out the window to walk over to the lady and say, hey, listen, my kid's in the car. Would you mind if I take those toys and said, you should throw them away because we could really use them. My, my, my son would love them. What do you think happens in that situation? What happens is the woman who's throwing away the toy says, of course, I would love to give your son the toys. In fact, come up to the garage. I've got a bunch more. My kid's off to college. Don't need them anymore. I want to clean out the closet. She fills up the trunk. Now, who feels the best in that story? The person that feels the best in that story 
isn't the mom, even though she feels great, isn't the kid, even though he feels great. It's the person who gave the gift who was going to throw out that crap, who's now just made a kid's whole day, maybe a whole week, maybe his whole year. But that only comes from the woman having the guts to ask for generosity. We get hung up on people not wanting to help us because we have this weird thing going on in our head that people don't want to help us. They absolutely want to help us. We're wired. It's opposite. Yeah. We got to get it out there and just say, hey, would you help me? They love to help. We just got to ask the question. So here's what I was going to say. So guys, put it, let's put it in this context. When we all go out to dinner, I'm sure it's the same way. What do we do? We, we adults go out to dinner. We sit there, we drink wine and we talk about our freaking kids. Right. right. And then we talk about other places to go drink more wine at and go eat. <laughs> but if you look at those conversations, the same thing actually really happens because every single time we're at dinner, someone interjects and says, you have to go to this place. Right. You have to go to this place here. And the question that is like, well, why are they really saying that? Now, whoever makes a suggestion, I'll also find them the next time I talk with them asking me the same thing. They'll be like, hey, dude, did you go to that place? Like, why do I care? It's because I just want to thank you. I just want the acknowledgement. Right. Right. And I just want to, I just want to thank you. And once you understand that people just want nothing more than to be praised by others, your right. database actually wants to send you business, but they, they, but they haven't tasted the food at the restaurant. They're not going to refer the restaurant. Right. They have to refer the restaurant when they believe in the food and everything there and the waiter and the service and all the other stuff. Right. So it's the same thing, right. you guys, same thing. So what goes right along with that story about the restaurant, which I love is we have actually coached to this as well, which is when are you most likely to get a referral? You're most likely to get a referral in the lead up to the experience yep. and within 30 days of the experience happening. Yep. To your point with the restaurant, we may be talking to our friends. Oh, I'm going to this hot new restaurant. I'm about to go into the door. I'm at a restaurant. I'm taking pictures of my food at the restaurant. Just had a great meal at the restaurant and maybe for 30 days longer. But we don't do it outside that zone very much. We'll do it occasionally, but not a lot. So for agents that are looking to build a referral business, you got to understand when you have somebody that's looking for a home, that's in contract with a home or has just closed, those are your biggest, hottest points. That's like your biggest shot at getting referrals out of them. We've got to really leverage that opportunity. We've got to really ask for generosity during those moments of time. Yep. And we've, we've actually studied it at our company. We're four times more likely to get a referral in that 30-day zone right around. Makes sense. Well, here's, here's why is because it's a, the whole process is highly emotional, which means it's highly conversational, which means there's referral opportunities. Right. And when people are moving, not only are, it's funny because when I, I moved to San Diego just two years ago and I went through, I sold real estate for 17 years. Yeah. You think I could do this in my sleep, but as right. a consumer, I went through the whole journey. Like it was my first time ever buying a house <laughs> because I was like, Oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. And it really just mimicked the exact same thing that everybody does when they transfer or, or move properties. But we don't think about it. Yeah, you lose track of it. I agree 100%. One of the things that we're, we're doing a lot of, and that relates to this, is we always train for people, of course, the housewarming parties is always a part of this because you meet people. But we're also doing a reverse of that, which is kind of interesting. What we're trying now is we're doing a going away party, which actually can be more powerful. That's fun. A going yeah. away party is a, your seller is selling. And they are now sold and, and they're closing. Now you're doing a going away party and you're throwing it, you're sponsoring it, but you're capturing their database as a part of it. So you say, I'll do the mailing for you. We'll put a, you will have some fun things about when you bought the house originally or something on the postcard. If you want me to, I'll send the invitations out. I'll cater it. And now you're the hero at the party. You sold the home. So it's, it's a powerful thing. And you're meeting all the friends, all the neighbors. It gives you an, a reason to talk to all the neighborhood. 100%. Dude, that is such a great marketable event. 
just doing the video of the lead up to the event and just doing the exactly. video of the event is the whole marketing piece. Right. I used to have events. And again, it's just a different way of thinking, you guys, whether it's right or wrong. But I only had events to collect the email and direct mail addresses. That was the only reason I had the event. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because I would rather, you know, we used to do like 700, 800 person parties and our whole team would chip in on it. So we'd go 10, oh. 15K on one party, one event. But they always paid for themselves yeah. because it was the yeah. impact. I remember mm-hmm. one guy coming back to me and uh, he's like, yeah, I was at your party four years ago. Love it. And he bought a place. I'm like, you know, it's like, geez. It's, exper- it's experiential marketing. Nothing more powerful than drinking with someone or eating with someone. You will forget a marketing piece, but you'll never forget an experience. So we'll forget, you know, the dumb mailing that somebody sends to us or the, you know, the pottery that they give us, but we will not forget an experience with them. There's a study done. I just read it actually that um, the top 500, Fortune 500 companies are investing big time in experiential marketing. In fact, there's a 49% uptick in how many events are they're, they're planning for 2020 for experiential marketing with their own customer bases. And the reason wow. is because they understand that it's pretty hard to cut through this jungle of communication that we're all faced with you know, 10,000 advertising messages a day. To cut through that, it's difficult, but experiences are to forget. A great example of that of my That's buddy. That's crazy. That's yeah. really good. Yeah, one of my one of my buddies, he started giving out instead of giving out a round of golf, which is kind of his signature giveaway, the clients as a closing gift that were golfers, he stopped doing that and he started giving them a golf lesson. And the difference is nobody ever forgets the golf lesson, but they always forget the golf round. Wow. You think about that. That's just a small tweak. Yeah, just rethink what you're doing. And you can apply that to all closing gifts. Think about that. Or gifts in general, or things that you're doing. That will yep. just down clients in a way that no other kind of marketing can lock them down with. One of the topics of the last few days uh, is a guy who owns a company called Giftology. And all they do is just buy gifts for people, but they buy like high-end gifts. So mm-hmm. he bought one guy, a sauna. That was his gift, you know, like, and he shows up, but he also is a, is a reason why he does like all the big influencer stuff now. And, you know, why he's where he's at is because Dude, he just, it's a legal bribe, guys. <laughs> I mean, you could buy someone a $10 brownie gift before the listing appointment. That's going, they're going to use you. Right. But just these little things on just the basic levels of relationships. It's all relationship marketing. It's all relationship marketing. And it's all experience and it's all totally. the brand, you know, and you are the brand and how yeah. you're across with, 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 with what you're delivering is massive. Um, one yeah. of the things we, we, we've started doing too with our, a company as we do a client appreciation event, which every agent should do, every team should do. We had 1,800 people at ours uh, this summer, so it was a great event. Damn. Uh, we do a live band, we do food trucks, but we, we say to all of our agencies, invite 10 of your best clients. And, uh, you know, we're going to meet and greet and have a great time. Yep. All the basics, man. All the basics. That's what it takes. Yeah, for sure. This is, a, this is an awesome, awesome, awesome show. I think you gave our audience quite a bit to listen to. End of these shows, we like to go ahead and give you the, uh, the mic, if you will, go ahead and uh, let our listeners know how they can uh, reach you and plug your stuff. Yeah, yeah, man. So eRealEstateCoach.com. If you hop over there, we've got uh, tons of mastery courses on lead gen, uh, FISBOs, expireds, open house, sphere of influence. We got business planning, business to business, investor marketing. Uh, so it's really all there. All very inexpensive. Um, all priced uh, super, uh, super reasonably. And then we also have a weekly coaching program called the Path. And so that's me coaching people one on one, but through video. 
And then after each session, they get a bunch of downloads they can use in the field immediately from texts and scripts and emails and social media posts and everything else they can use in the market. Keeps them up to speed. So all in, super inexpensive. Check it out at erealestatecoach.com. And he's actually in production, folks. So he's doing what he says he's doing. Um, Right. Awesome. Well, folks, thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. You know where to find me. Let us help you build your brand. It's very simple, folks. First, we build your story. Then we build your brand. All you do is you shoot videos on your cell phone. We do everything else. We script, edit, and distribute your content for you. And we make you unforgettable. Come check us out at realestatemarketingdude.com. And make sure you follow us on social media. Follow me on subscribe to YouTube. Follow me on Instagram handle and on Facebook. Thank you very much for listening to another episode. Look forward to seeing you guys next week. And uh, it's been a pleasure. It's nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Today's episode may be over, but we have plenty more to keep you busy. To get your complete blueprint for building out a real marketing plan for your real estate business, head over to realestatemarketingdude.com and see if you have what it takes to really become more than just a typical agent. Are you the next real estate marketing dude? Find out here next time on Real Estate Marketing Dude.